Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Denver Sports Betting Show here on 98.1 FM, Monday through Friday from 3 to 4 o'clock. I'm your host, Rick Tamburo, joining my co-host, Anthony Hirsch. My man, good to see you. How was your Monday night and how's your Tuesday going? It was going good, man. I wish it was a little bit of a better game to watch last night, but hey, playoff football, I'll always take it. Yeah, I'm with you there. It definitely could have been a little bit more competitive, but it had its moments of excitement. You know, there. Luckily, the, you know, the, the Bucks scored a little bit late. They got the onside kick. There was some missed PATs. There was some fun stuff going on there. But anyway, looking at this game, the Cowboys get it done 31-14. to 14. Anthony and I are going to cover the Cowboys and the 49ers coming up here after this segment. But first, we got to talk about the GOAT, TB12 himself, 14 points. He went 35 for 66 on the night throwing the football. 351 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. What'd you think of his performance? And it was it his last game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? I think it is his last game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. His performance, man, it's so hard to actually grade him on his stats. The team has no running game, so he's always throwing the ball for at least 50 times a game. So I feel like a couple of the stat lines will be inflated. Doesn't really reflect how he did. I did not think he had a good game. He was missing a ton of easy passes, just a lot of bad decisions. They weren't really taking many shots downfield. But I think for all of those reasons, he will not be in that Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform next year. There's just with no running game, this dude is 45 years old. He can't be throwing the ball over 60 times a game. It's getting ridiculous. It is atrocious. I I cannot. I feel so bad for Tommy because he has no help. His offensive line, horrible. The run game, abysmal. The the pass rush to, to get them off the field, horrible. Like, everything about them is terrible. I feel bad for Tom Brady, but let's be honest here. They were 8-9 and nine going into this game. We knew what kind of team they were. They just finally got exposed. They won their division, but that's because their division was terrible. I didn't see anything from the Bucs last night that I didn't expect. Obviously, the score a little bit wider than I thought it was going to be, but that was the Bucks. That's who they were all freaking year long. So, I don't know. I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer next season, which brings us to the next question. Was that the last time we're going to see Tom Brady? And if it was not the last time we're going to see Tom Brady, where do you see him next? I want to throw a few at you here. The Titans, the Raiders, the Dolphins, and the 49ers, those seem to be the big four people are talking about. Do you think he retires? And if not, where's your favorite spot for him? I don't see a way that he retires. Just knowing Tom Brady and his legacy that he's built over the course of his long career, I just can't see any way that he lets that be his last game. If it was a competitive game where it's coming down to the wire, it just slips out from under him, it's one thing. But to be disrespected like that for your last game, I just can't see him leaving it on that. I really, really do think that he's going to give a lot of consideration to go to Las Vegas. It's like It seems like it's a perfect aligning of the stars. Obviously, with McDaniels over there, he knows him. He's been with him his entire career. And they already have a very well-built offense. You have a good running back, one of the best running backs in the league, and Josh Jacobs, great uh, tight end in Darren Waller, really good offense around him, arguably the number one receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. So – it's really seeming like he is going to at least consider going to Las Vegas. I agree with you, man. Looking at the odds here, he's plus 200 to stay a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. 
He's plus 250 to be a Las Vegas Raider, plus 350 to be a 49er. That's kind of shocking. Let's talk about that one really quick there. They got Jimmy G. They sold their soul to get Trey Lance. And now they got Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, who's made himself Mr. Irrelevant. They got three dudes who could be a starting quarterback next year. Do you really think at plus 350 there's any value with time to go there? I know he's got hometown ties there and blah, 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 but you, you wipe all that out the window. They don't need Tom. No, not at all. I, it's kind of ridiculous in my mind that that's even being considered. Like you said, they have three quarterbacks that, that, that can get the job done, and they're not just going to move on from Trey Lance. With what they had to give up to get him, he's going to come back from his injury next year, and you have to think they're at least going to give him some playing time. I don't see Jimmy G staying there, but with Brock Purdy – and with Trey Lance coming back, there's just no room for Brady, no need for Brady over there in San Francisco. I have a long shot pick that I don't think anybody going to agree with me on, but I got to throw it your way because I just, what if, okay, this is at 40 to one right now, folks, Tom Brady to the Baltimore Ravens. Man, I was laughing at that, but then I'm starting to think, yeah, Lamar's yeah. definitely going to be out of there. So they're going to need someone in there. And they do seem to be in a position where they're still a win-now team. I don't think they're ready to go into a rebuild phase. So it would be interesting if you rent a guy like Tom Brady for a year or two, give a little bit of spark into the offense. My one concern with that is I just don't think there's enough weapons around him. Outside of J.K. Dobbins, I mean, wide receiver, there's nothing really there. It would be a decent running game at least. But that's interesting, especially with those outside odds. He's 20 to one to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I'm I'm not going to say nothing about it. I mean, I like, I like my man, Kenny P, but if you want to let Kenny P sit on the sideline for one more year and learn behind Tom Brady, I will be a very happy camper. But I do know Bryson Owens, one of our other co-hosts favorite place for him to go right now is at 12 to one. And that is the Tennessee Titans. I know him and Vrabel, they've had their, not getting along, but at the same time, they do have a history together. That is a win-now team. Do you think maybe he could go there? I think that's a similar situation to the Ravens. You have one of the best running backs on the face of the planet in Derrick Henry. We still have to see if he'll get back to the place where we all know that he can run at. Underperformed a little bit, especially towards the end of this year. But they just have no receiver help over there, especially after trading A.J. Brown. If you're telling me they still have A.J. Brown, I'm like, all right, I'll listen to it. I, it would be an interesting possibility. But without him, there's just not much of an offense there. I'm with you, man. It's going to be tough. All I know is it's going to have to be somewhere with an offensive line and a run game. You have to have those two things. He just tried to do it without those two things. And look what he did last night. He sees Micah Parsons coming, and he's throwing in the dirt. He don't want to take that shot. He has no time. Think about Jalen Hurts with the Eagles. He stands back there, look around, look around. Dak last night, that's what Dak was doing. They had no pass rush. Dak was just back there, first read, second read, third read. Okay, I'll, I'll throw it there. Okay, I'll run it here. It's way too easy. Tom is too old to take the big shots. So I don't know where he's going to go. But in my opinion, it's not the 49ers. It's not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's probably not the Jets, so we're going to see. But right now, it does seem like the Raiders are the favorite. And you look at what he has with McDaniels. It all just kind of makes sense. And it's in a dome. And he's got Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. Like, I don't – what else do I have to say here, folks? The Raiders is where Tom Brady should go play. If you want to take a stab at it, once again, plus 250 on the money line, 
get some value, try it out. I'm going to take my chances there and give that one a whirl. And then jumping over, we got to cover some Nuggets basketball for you guys. The boys back in action tonight. They made it 13 straight at home the other night with the Joker. Step back three for the win. Now they're looking to make it 14 straight at home. Our guy Bryson Owens wrote an article up on denversportsbetting.com. Nuggets versus Trailblazers betting odds and picks preview. Anthony, looking at this one, the Nuggets minus six and a half right now. Before we jump into the article, is that a fair line? I think it is a fair not line. Um, the Nuggets have come out of that crazy hot streak. They were on a little bit. They're coming back to earth just slightly. But also knowing how that how much they dominate at home, I think it's a fitting line for this game. Portland coming off a big win over the Dallas Mavericks, even without Luka Doncic. Are you impressed with that win? Or when you take Luka out, it's really not very impressive. This team should be beating the Mavericks with Luka out. Like it's it's nothing crazy, not, not exceeding any kind of expectations. And then obviously Portland superstar guard Damian Lillard looking to ride some momentum, coming off a forty point performance. He's averaging twenty eight point eight points tonight. Do you think he has himself a thirty point game here, or the Denver defense going to hopefully step up here? When you look at the total, it's the highest of the night at 238.5. So do you think Dame to record 29 plus is, is doable? I think it is. I wouldn't put money on it, though. I think th- I think that the Nuggets coming into this game defensively, their game plan is we're not going to let this guy beat us because there's not a whole lot of help around him. If they're able to protect and make sure that Dame doesn't take over this game, I think there's a shot he goes over. I just see all of their emphasis, all of the focus being on him on the defensive side for Denver. Mm, I agree with you. Like, who else is there to worry about? Dame's the guy. You shut down Dame, you win the game. It's pretty darn – it's like shutting down Luka Doncic. You you win the game. So, it's going to be interesting here. The boys right now averaging 119.8 points per game. Once again, I did say 238.5 here is the total. So, when you look at that number here – can we put up 120 plus against these guys? And if we do, do you like the over? Do, do you just not see Portland here having 118 points in their back pocket? And that's that's just a pretty high over for this game, in my opinion. I do think I think that Denver will put up a good amount of points. They haven't been putting up the 120s and 130s in the past couple of games, though. And I just don't see outside of Dame this Portland offense being able to do much in this game. I'm actually really liking the under here. Do you think Portland has the guys to shut down Jokic? Because as Bryson writes here, he's averaging near a triple-double on the season at an extremely efficient rate of 62% shooting from the field. Do you see what, – what guy on their team do you see giving Jokic any problems if anybody can give him problems? I mean, maybe Nurkic inside. But even then, we see that when teams have bigger – have you know good defender, uh, good big men inside, big, big defensemen, his assist totals just go up. There's almost no way to truly stop the Joker. If you're going to defend him in one area, he's going to excel in another, which is why he is the best player in the NBA. Oh, there you go, folks. The best player in the NBA. Some of you don't like it, but you're going to have to accept it because it's true. But anyway, looking at Bryson's favorite prop of the game here, it is a risky one, but he likes the Joker triple-double at plus 175 Joker has recorded a triple double in three of his last four. Would you take a stab on that? I would definitely take a stab on it. I think that this team isn't going to be able to defend him scoring too much, 
But with the improved play, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, both those guys have been going crazy recently. You know he's going to be looking to dump that ball off. I think he's going to get a good amount of assists this game. I really do like that pick for Bryson. We're going triple-double plus 175 for the Joker. Guys, if you want the rest of Bryson's picks on the spread, the total, and his other favorite props, once again, head over to denversportsbetting.com. Give it a look. Nuggets versus Trailblazers. Follow Bryson on Twitter at Bryson0116. Anthony Hirsch and I are going to be right back. We're breaking down the Cowboys and the 49ers, and then we're looking at some futures betting. Should you cash or should you ride? We'll be right back. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Denver Sports Betting Show here on 98.1 FM, Monday through Friday from 3 to 4 o'clock. My man Anthony Hirsch and I are jumping in to some Cowboy football and Dak Prescott. Give Anthony a follow here at Anthony Hirsch 23 Follow me at Riggs Sports Talk and give our Twitter a follow at Betting Denver. Man, looking at Dak Prescott, I got to be honest, Anthony, some of you folks out there aren't going to like this, but I'm not impressed. It was a good game. But stop it. Get off this man's and be real with yourself, okay? Looking at this game, Dak Prescott, 25 for 33, 305 yards. He did have four touchdowns with no picks. So, hey, baby clap for that. But other than that, he had all day long. The 49ers have zero pass rush. And if you guys remember what happened against the Commanders a week ago, he put up six freaking points. Anthony, are you impressed with Dak's performance? And do you think there's any way that carries over to the game against the 49ers? Because right now I feel like people are getting a little too excited about this one. Heck no to all of those. <laughs> I mean, you look at what this dude's getting paid. What he did against the Buccaneers last night is what he should be doing. That's yeah. your expectations. It shouldn't be this is the best game of his career. If that's the best game of your career, then you shouldn't be getting paid what you're getting paid. It was a good game. I'm not going to take that away from him. The, to have the Cowboys win their first uh, road playoff game since 92, it's impressive. I will give him that. However, he's the most streaky quarterback in the NFL. Yes, he didn't right. turn the ball over that game, but the Buccaneers are a bottom 15 defense in the league. You know they're not going to be taking the ball away. They were one of the worst teams in the league in doing so. It's going to be a completely different world against this Niners defense. He was able to go into his second and third progressions routinely last night. He's not going to get that chance against the Niners defense. I think he's going to struggle. It's going to be a very similar performance to that commander's game next week. The line in this game is weirdly close, and it's getting closer and closer and closer to an even game. The Cowboys right now plus three and a half at the spread, plus 160. On the money line, 49ers minus three and a half, minus 190. It is fair to say the Cowboys had a more impressive performance than the 49ers did, but it's hard to bag on anything Brock Purdy's been doing. It's hard to bag, bag on that pass rush. But after watching last night, like you said, hats off to Dak. They win a game, blah, 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 blah. That's what you're paid to do. Stop it. The, the Buccaneers are an eight and nine football team that should have never been in this game. Everybody knows it, but fine, whatever. They win the game. Do you see Dak having a fraction of the same amount of time in the pocket against the 49ers that he had against the Cowboys? Because I don't see how they're going to stop Bosa here. 
No, not not at all. Bosa's going to be huge in this game. They're one of the best uh, rushing uh, rushing defenses in the league. So those little plays where he's able to get outside of the pocket as well, go into his second, third progressions, it's just not going to be there. Unless there is some sort of epiphany from this offensive coaching staff here in Dallas, I just don't see any way that he's going to be able to get the ball out quick enough to enough guys. They're going to have to get very creative in the play calling, try to find as many outlets for him early on as they can. But even then, when he's under pressure, he makes bad decisions. It's just what Dak has done. If you go and look at the game film, it's what he always will do. I see the very similar set of circumstances unfolding on Sunday. Me too, man. I just three and a half. Are you playing with me right now? This line was four and a half last night. Okay. I can accept four and a half because I think five is a useless number. I think five and a half is a pretty useless number, but even six, I think 49ers minus six here would even be a fair line. I understand keeping it under a touchdown, but you're going to tell me three and a half. I'm really tempted right now to buy this down half a point, take the 49ers minus three. And I'll say, Hey, meet you at the bank, Mr. Hirsch, because I feel like at that point, the worst thing that happens here is I get a push if this thing comes down to a field goal. But, hey, shout out to Brett Maher. Right now, they're kicking. Not looking very good. I don't see the Cowboys hitting a game-winning field goal and sealing this thing away, especially outside in San Francisco. Anthony, would you take the 49ers minus three here and just say, you know what, I'll bet it now because I do think this line, if anything, it starts to go back up and it goes to four, four and a half. I don't think it gets to three. I would actually hold off and bet this closer to game time because I do agree with you. I think this number is going to jump up and I'm going to want to get it at those better odds. I would go as far to say I would pick this team, the Niners minus six and a half, maybe oh. even pushing seven. I just don't see this game being close. And that's a really good point you brought up about Brent Maher. And it seemed like it was more of a funny kind of thing during the game. But I'm over here like, you guys still have another game to play. Like, that's a huge issue to have when he misses four straight extra points. Like, that's a big issue. A big issue. If it does come down to a game-winning field goal or even before the game, going into halftime, let's say, you have no faith in your kicker to get the job done. I really think the Niners are going to win this game big. As an ex-kicker punter holder myself, I do want to say, Brett Maher, he's a great kicker, okay? I don't want to take anything away from him. I'm really tired of turning on the TV today, and all they're talking about is, oh, this guy missed four kicks. Stop. It's over. Who cares? Let me just remind everybody of something. You guys backed the PAT up to 33 yards because you wanted people to miss. Everybody can make it from 20 yards. Now they back it up and guys miss and everyone's shook that they missed. He missed. It's outside. He missed one yard this way, one yard this way, one yard this way. And then he shanked it finally because at that point he was just too far into his head. And then he hit a bad ball in the fourth one. But he's going to bounce back. But like we just said, on the road, in San Fran, in a game winner with those four kicks in the back of his head, it's not going to look very pretty for the Cowboys if it comes down to a 55-yard Brad Maher field goal to get it done on the road. I just don't see it. So either way, Anthony and I are saying that the 49ers are going to handle business in this game. And the Cowboys right now being overhyped, they do not deserve to be this close, especially on a short week. But hey, maybe Dak Prescott magically pulls out four tutties and no picks again. But I just don't see it happening. So Anyway, let's jump over to some futures bets. 
looking at our friends over at WagerWire. Guys, let me tell you a little bit about our friends over at WagerWire. WagerWire empowers you to take control of your action, view your bets as a portfolio of assets that can be bought and sold at any time. Bettors will soon be able to trade their bets through both the WagerWire mobile app and within partner sportsbook apps via an integrated technology solution. You can jump in and out of the future bets all season, cash in on parlays before they bust, and trade game lines up to the buzzer. Seamlessly sync all of your favorite sportsbooks to track the real-time value of your bets, stack rewards, and play with your friends. For those interested, you guys should head over to one of the fastest growing communities in sports betting on Twitter. Give them a follow at WagerWire. Go to wagerwire.com and enter your email for updates and early access to the app when it launches soon. So what we're going to do on the show every week, you know, two, three times, we're going to cover some futures. So what we're going to do is identify certain picks, parlays, and futures bets every week that people either need advice on, they have a big cash out payout potential, or they are contemplating their cash out and just don't know what to do. If you want us to give advice on your personal ticket, guys, please DM us at betting Denver or on Instagram at Denver sports betting. And we would love to cover one of your tickets on the show. So send it in and we'd love to check it out today. We are going to go with my ticket as a matter of fact, and that is a three leg futures parlay. I bet $25 to win 3,200 buccarinos on Jokic to win the MVP, the avalanche to win the Stanley cup, check one, check two. And then finally the third leg is the bills at plus 700 to win the Super Bowl. They are currently offering me on this sports book $512. This is where WagerWire is so important, guys. It's so big. On WagerWire, they tell you the value of your bet. If someone were to try to bet that bet again right now, they should be offering me $200 more. They should offer me $712, but they're offering me $512. So, once again, download the WagerWire app. It's going to launch soon. When it does, guys, I could get $711 from my cash out and I could walk away for a lot more money than what the book is going to offer you. So there's huge payout potential there. But Anthony, let's talk about this ticket. You know, I don't want to cash out, my man. I like the bills here. I had them at plus 700. They're plus 350 right now to get it done. Cash out of $512. What would you do? This is a tough one. I think that before last week, a lot of us were saying that the winner of the uh, Buffalo-Cincinnati game is going to win it all. However, both teams underperformed last week. And it wasn't by a little bit. Both teams didn't look good. I'm going to be honest there. I think the Bills have a shot to make it past Cincinnati. But when you look at the Chiefs, we have to see what they're going to do coming off that one-week bye. But I just view them to be in kind of this tier above the rest of the teams in the AFC Mm. right now. I think Bills do make a pass next week. I just – I would cash out, man. (laughs) I was saying let it ride, let it ride, let it ride, but I think you might need to cash it. Really? On the road? I mean, dude, look, I am am in a big toss-up with myself here because I feel you. And I am worried about Joey Burr on the road. This is the rematch of the game we did not get to see, but it's in Buffalo. The last game was in Cincinnati. And I don't think Josh Allen can play much worse than he played. He didn't take care of the football. 
He looked flustered. Now, obviously, if he was flustered against Miami, he better get ready for Cincinnati. But at the end of the day, I just don't think they're going to have an answer for Josh. I think we're going to see, obviously, both quarterbacks have a big bounce back here. But if it comes down to it, which guy do you trust more on a game-winning drive because this game likely comes down to the final possession? I'm going to say Joe Burrow here. Oh, no. I got to say Joe Burrow. I think oh. Josh Allen in clutch time, at least this year, he throws a lot of interceptions. He does. When, when it's coming down to those last drive of the games, he makes poor decisions. He tries to he tries to force the ball into some slots where there just shouldn't be a ball thrown. And I think Joe Burrow in those clutch time is just a little bit more cool-headed. I mean, hey, it's Joe Cool. It's Joe Cool out there. Joe Shiesty, as they call him. I just think that he has a, he's a little bit calmer in those situations and makes some better decisions. So I got to be honest, folks. I've made a decision and I just got it done here. I am not going to cash this bet out. I am going to ride because our friends over at WagerWire have made it very clear to me that they are trying to rob me of $200 on the cash out. So I'm not taking, I don't want 72% of my bets value. I want 100% of my bets value. So I just put down, as we speak, $100 on the Bengals at plus 200 on the money line. If I win, I will win $300. Obviously, it's a lot less than $3,200, but I'm going to hedge myself. I'll take, I only bet 25 bucks. So I'll take 300 bucks if I lose, but I'm going to ride this thing out because I think if I win this game, my cash out goes up another three or $400. So at that point, I don't care about the hundred dollars that I'm putting on Cincinnati. We will see what happens. Come on, Josh Allen. I would, I want to donate a hundred bucks and I want to keep this parlay alive. So we'll see what happens there. Good luck to you guys. If you have any futures currently riding right now, we're going to be right back. Caesar Jones is joining us. We're talking about it. We're talking about some head coaching options. Sean Payton interviewing today. Jim Harbaugh out of the race. We'll see you guys in a few. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Denver Sports Betting Show here on 98.1. Anthony Hirsch and I are now joined by one of our other co-hosts who's been on a long vacation. Caesar Jones, good to see you, man. How was Columbia? Good to see y'all too, man. It was good. I came back with a little tan. You know. Tanner than me. I had to get the skin right. Well, I'll always be tanner than y'all, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like Cleveland had to bring the Browns back. So, you know, I'm glad to, you know, get some color back on the show. I like that. Hey, there you go. Oh, how you going to say that? How you going to say that? Come on. We be, be getting it out here. But, you know, anyway, taking shots at these white boys. But anyway. Um, all right, guys. Looking at the head coaching race going on right now for the Denver Broncos. Let's start there. Yesterday, Harbaugh announces he's staying at Michigan. He says, I don't want to out happy being happy. There's no reason for me to leave here. I like what I have. So it takes him out of the race. He was a lot of people's favorite over here to get this thing done. Now looking at the odds, Dan Quinn is the favorite plus 150 current Cowboys DC. Sean Payton at plus 225. Then you got a pretty big jump to David Shaw at 10 to 1, Caldwell 14 to 1. Averro 15 to one. And the list goes on from there. Anthony, looking at these guys on the list, who do you hope it is? I know that there's been some issues there and it was really looking like the beginning of the search. This guy would just be outside of the realm of possibility. I really think Sean Payne's the man for the job. Mm. You're looking to break this cycle of one and done head coaches for the Broncos. 
it's going to cost you, but in the long run, it's going to really, really help this team actually grow a little bit of an identity in Denver, start to build up a really good personal personnel group around him. I just think that Sean Payton's the right man to lead the Broncos back where they know they can be. Caesar, do you think it's worth giving up our first round pick, which is the 32nd pick, so it's nothing special, but is it worth giving up a 32nd pick for Sean Payton when you can get Dan Quinn for free? Yeah, I think it's worth it. I mean, I didn't even know you could trade draft picks for a coach, so that's pretty new to me, but right? I think with that 32nd pick, I think it's definitely worth it. Just like Anthony said, all those points, getting a guy like Sean Payton and building some longevity and just get, getting a coach that, you know, has some tenure to him and knows how to win and pr- pretty much knows how to have that quarterback head coach relationship that you need to win. You saw him with Drew Brees all those years in New Orleans, even with, you know, bad teams, they were still in contention in that NFC. And I think just Sean is that guy. And I don't really get all that Dan Quinn hype right now. Dude, I don't really get it. I know last night, obviously, Cowboys defense stepped up. They look good. They have looked pretty good. But, you know, he's been a head coach, so I guess there's that. But obviously, John Payton has too, and he's been a better one. Let's be completely real here. So it's really tough for me. One guy that everyone is talking about is our DC, Averro. Four or five different teams have called to interview with him, but it seems like every single team is more interested in him being a head coach than the Broncos are interested in making him a head coach. Anthony, why do you think we just don't seem like we want him to be that guy? I'm not going to take anything away from Averro because I think what he did this past season was quite phenomenal, building up one of the best defenses in the league. But that's just it. It's been one year. Mm-hmm. You need to see a long-term success for a defensive coordinator to make that jump to head coach. If you're saying, you know, this is a five, this is the fifth year where he's had a top 10 defense in the league, it's like, okay, this guy obviously knows what he's doing. He can lead men. Let's consider him for a head coaching job. But it's just been one season. This That's basically how we wound up with Hackett. Hackett had a, a good year or two as the uh, Packers head uh, offensive coordinator, but then – not really much else. I think that that's what the Broncos are looking at. It's a defensive mind, which hasn't worked in the past couple of years as well. I could see him maybe going out, maybe getting that Texans job. Other than that, I think his going to be best used as a defensive coordinator, at least for the time being. I'm fully with you on every single thing you said. I don't think he's ready to be a head coach yet. If he's going to be, it needs to be probably the least inviting job or the least the least expectation job, which is probably right now the Houston Texans. But watching Sean Payton yesterday on the herd with Colin Coward, if you look at what Sean Payton was saying, he was saying, look, a lot of factors matter here. Obviously, you got to give up a first-round pick. We do have that. He said the ownership, it's got to be good ownership. He doesn't want to walk into anything messy. We got some pretty good ownership over here. We got all the money in the world to spend. If he wants to go after a guy, we can pay almost more than pretty much anybody else can pay for somebody. But at the end of the day, he made it very clear that the Texans' job in one way or another is inviting because he can kind of grow the program, lock himself in for multiple years, and he doesn't have huge expectations right out the gate. It's a very winnable division. Obviously, the Jags look pretty good right now, but right now it's really not that threatening of a division to be in compared to the Broncos division that could get scary, especially if Staley's out of there and they bring the right head coach in at the Chargers. So we'll see what happens. But, um, Caesar, do you think right now 
Sean Payton is the guy you go after. And if you don't get Sean Payton or if someone else gets Sean Payton, and I know you don't like Dan Quinn very much, who would you go with for your next pick? Yeah, that's where it gets kind of, you know, up in the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like guys like the enemy or like a guy like Brian Flores or, but I mean, it gets kind of shaky if you don't get either of those two guys. So I feel like, you know, if Sean Payton doesn't work out, then you do go after Dan Quinn, but I think you have to put all the eggs in Sean Payton's basket and just hopefully that works out. And I feel like Sean, I know you want to build up a team in Houston, but why duck the smoke? Why not just jump into a team that already has a good defense? You know, Evero, like you guys said, we are we've had a good defense even before Evero was a defensive coordinator. Exactly. So you gotta that plays in the factor. So I think, you know, get a good head coach, get that offense and that offensive line straight. Hopefully it be Sean, but we'll just see what happens. Hopefully Broncos get it right this time. Hopefully they get it right this time. They better take their time because yeah. or or just get it done. Finish this thing with Sean Payton today and either get it done by next Monday or if they can't get Sean Payton, they really need to take their time here. I got to throw one guy at you, Anthony, because he's a favorite for a few other teams or he's in that top three and he's 30 to one to be the Broncos head coach. And I kind of like him. And that is Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator. I'm shocked that he's all the way down at 30 to one. I do think we need an offensive mind. Could you see it being him? As an outside possibility, if they don't get Peyton, I think they will be looking at an offensive mind and uh, a coach that's an offensive coordinator coordinator this year. And what's a better guy to go and get than Ben Johnson? I mean, taking what was nothing in Detroit and building one of the best offenses in the league from a uh, production standpoint, it would be interesting. The one thing, and this is, is why I do think that he is such a long shot right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you there. I don't I don't think that him as a long shot is the best thing for the team right now. But if you want to look at an offensive mind and you need an offensive mind, he's a pretty darn good guy for the job. But we'll see what happens. Looking at Sean Payton, though, Caesar, I know the Arizona Cardinals right now are oh. favored to grab <laughs> Sean Payton at three and a half to one. I really think he fits that system, but let me just say, as someone from Arizona, the ownership sucks, and I don't think he wants to go over there and get caught up in that. Right. Could you see Sean Payton to AZ? Did y'all just get a new GM too? We did. Yeah. So, Hallelujah. Right. So there's a lot of little nuances and what the Cardinals got to figure out. They don't even know like if they're going to bring DeAndre back yet. Mm-hmm. Y'all are just – I don't oh, know. He's gone. He's gone, bro. Yeah, he is. He's gone, dude. And I can't believe it. What? Yeah. Help me out, Caesar Jones. Who is Kyler? Ugh. I can't. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to get mad on the show. Yeah. Who is he going to throw the ball to? Yes, you have Hollywood Brown, but the only reason Hollywood Brown is ever open is because everybody's double covering DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I don't know if there was a fallout, but am I the only one who was shocked when they came out and they were like, DeAndre is going to be gone? Yeah, I just don't I don't understand it either. Just like you said, who who's he gonna throw the ball to? Who's gonna be his weapon? And I think DeAndre Hopkins had a really good year. So who who knows where he's gonna go? I just feel like Arizona teams right now are just paying the wrong guys. Y'all pay DeAndre Ayton and then let DeAndre Hopkins go. I just I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. 
y'all, y'all don't know which Dre y'all want. I mean, it's Dre Day, and <laughs> y'all, y'all just don't just don't know what's going on. So no, I, I don't think Sean Payton wants to go to Arizona. You know, the, I think Kyler Murray has to pick the, co- the head coach that he pretty much wants if they mm-hmm. want to be successful. And I don't know if Sean, you know, I think Sean wants to be more of that guy. I get you. I like Ben Johnson actually in Arizona. He's 12 to one right now to go over there. Kyler needs an offensive mind. He needs someone who's going to base it around him because the whole run back 20 yards thing and throw the ball because nobody protects you and ain't going to work. And as soon as you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, now he's really going to have to run the ball. Right. Not going to be getting the reads he wants right away. Guys aren't going to get open right away. I don't know what their plan is, but they better bring in a very good wide receiver who is just under the tier of DeAndre Hopkins, or they're going to turn into the Green Bay Packers. They're going to have a quarterback who can throw the football with nobody to throw the football to. So we'll see what happens there. But I got to ask you about one more thing dealing with Russ is, do you think if you were Sean Payton, would you rather manage Kyler or would you rather manage Russ? I'd rather manage Russ. I just think, you know, Russ has that Super Bowl championship experience and, I think Kyler is almost at that tier two, and I think he just misconstrued you know, with that preseason stuff and mm-hmm. Peterson coming out saying Kyler's selfish. I don't believe it. I think Kyler's a team-first guy. You saw mm-hmm. that with Oklahoma. You see that with Arizona. I just think right now, I think Sean, if he wants to win, I think he goes with Russ. I agree, man. I know a lot of people are like, well, Sean doesn't want to walk into that. Well, you either walk into Arizona – and you deal with Kyler, you walk into Denver and you deal with Russ, or you go to the Texans where you're probably <laughs> a brand new quarterback because I think we all know Davis Mills is not going to be your franchise guy moving forward. No. So we'll see what he wants to do. But if I'm Sean Payton, I don't want to go to a rebuilding team. I want to go to a win-now team. The Denver Broncos should have been a heck of a lot better than they were this year. All he's got to do is get us into the wild card next year. Right, It's a huge win for him. So That's the success. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Javante Williams coming back. Hopefully we keep Latavius Murray and things work out for us. Come on, Broncos. Bring us a winning head coach. We're going to be right back. We're looking at some NHL, some NBA, and our top play of the day. We'll see you in a few. Welcome back to the Denver Sports Betting Show here on 98.1 FM, Monday through Friday from 3 to 4 o'clock. Anthony Caesar and I are jumping in to some of our favorite games of the day and then bringing you a Denver Sports Betting top play of the day at some juicy plus money, so make sure you stick around for that one. First, before we jump into the NHL, we got to look at our Colorado Avalanche getting it done in a big one yesterday on MLK Day, 6-3 to three at home against the Detroit Red Wings. The boys now on a little bit of a hot streak going here. They're looking good. Anthony, do you think they're back? Or if we say they're back, are we jumping the gun here? I feel like after every couple wins they get, we're like, oh, they're back. They're back. We keep comparing this team to last year's team. Got to stop doing it. The route, if they want to repeat, the route is going to be insanely different, completely different way than how they did it last year. There were two good wins. Their past two wins, they've been commanding Offense is finally starting to get going. So I think for those reasons, it's a possible. It's definitely a possibility. They're starting to finally get some guys back. And they're only a couple points out of a playoff spot with games in hand. Mm -hmm. They just can't keep dropping games. There's very few games they can afford to lose from here on out. They need to go on some kind of run to see the playoffs. But 
I think it's definitely a possibility. Things are looking up here in Colorado. Things are looking up here in Colorado. <sighs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hurt Christian Bolle's feelings. I'm not gonna do anything like that. I'm not gonna say they're back and put the curse on them or anything. But they look pretty darn good. Obviously, they still got a few injuries going on. We don't have Landy back yet, but hopefully, we shape up in time. We stop playing with this. Are we gonna make the playoffs? Are we not? We lock ourselves in and we just start to heat up from here on out. It was a slow start, but you got to trust Bedner, man. He's a phenomenal coach, and you got to assume he's going to have the boys ready. Is, to uh, go. is Valerie back yet? I think he is back, didn't he? I think he. Uh, I think he recorded a point yesterday. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like he is back. I think he's back in. They got Nachushkin back yesterday too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's yep. what I'm talking about. But yeah, when's the trade deadline? You think you know Avs need to make any moves, or what are you guys looking at? You know, dude, there's some injuries. Well, well, we'll dive into that a little bit later on, but there's some injuries going on, but I still think we got the core we need. I, oh, yeah. I really don't think we need to trade anybody. I think I think we should maybe let somebody come in uh, and trade for somebody if they want to, but goaltender-wise, we look great. I think defensively, we look great. Uh, and then offensively, once you put Landy back in that mix, dude, our top line is arguably the best top line in the NHL, maybe second right. behind the McDavid dry line. But even our defensemen are better than theirs. So I don't think we need to trade anybody. But I guess if somebody comes calling and they want to offer something good for some good money, you got to pick the phone up and at least hear them out. So we'll see what happens there. But jumping over, we're looking at the biggest NHL favorite of the day. Will they cover on the puck line? The Blue Jackets on the road, plus 180 on the money line. Preds, minus 210 on the money line. Once again, guys, if you do not know what the puck line is, the team has to win the game by two or more goals. The Preds right now at minus one and a half. They are plus 115 to get that done. Looking at these two teams, Blue Jackets, they have had a nothing short of a horrendous season. They've won three of their last 16 games. They really don't have much going for them. But you look over at the Predators, they did get a win. They broke that losing streak, but they do not impress me very much. I know I kind of talk down on these guys a little bit, but I got to be honest, I'm a little bit scared to do it. But I'm taking the Blue Jackets here, plus one and a half at the puck line tonight. I will not be laying it with Nashville. Caesar, which way are you going here? Yeah, like you said, it's, you know, both at the bottom of their divisions. I don't even know if, you know. I don't know if Columbus is even start like announced who they're going to start tonight. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a toss up for me. So if you're going Blue Jackets, I'm going to go uh, Nashville here. Going to go with Nashville, Anthony. Talk me into the Preds, man, because I'm <laughs> just not sold, dude. Man, I would be more convinced of the Preds, but I, it's tough. It's tough. They haven't been playing their best hockey recently either. Mm-hmm. One thing is their offense has been starting to get going. But if you look at the goalie matchup tonight, it's going to be two backups, and neither of them have looked great. You you could say that the Predators goalie is a little bit better than who's going for the other side. But even then, you're looking at 4-4-1. and It's it's tough to put all your eggs into that basket. I think I'm just going to stick off the puck line for this game. Maybe take the Predators on the money line, parlay it with another NHL game tonight. Be careful, folks. So there you go. Just we just don't like the Preds here. I mean, not 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 on the puck line. They're not convincing enough. Their backups in. They got that win last night, but they had to do it with their starter. So who knows what's going to go down here? But looking at the total, Anthony brought up two backup goalies here. If you look at the first matchup between these two teams, there was tons of scoring. So I got to be honest here. I like the over six and a half. 
I would take my chances. I don't trust either side. I think one of these two teams puts up eh, four or five goals tonight. I'm seeing a four to three, five to four kind of game. So I'm going to jump all over that over six and a half here. Good luck if you choose to ride that one with me. And then looking over at what is the NHL game of the day. This is going to be a fun one. I'm going to have this one turned on at 5 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time. The Minnesota Wild favored on the road, minus 135. Capitals in their own house, plus 115. I got to throw something out. As a guy who likes the Minnesota Wild, the Capitals are dangerous at home. Ovi does not like to lose at home. And when you see a plus money price tag, Anthony, do you have to jump on it with the Caps? I'm going to be honest here. I've been going back and forth with this game all day. Yep. You you try to find that edge that one team has, and you, it's hard to find here. Capitals are coming back of a, on a back-to-back, which makes it tough for me to go with them. Mm-hmm. But like you said, they do dominate it at home. Ovechkin's been looking phenomenal recently. Overall, as a unit, they're coming together very well just at the right time. I think I have to go with the Wild here. Historically, the Wild take care of the Capitals pretty well. And their offense has been booming recently. You have Zuccarella and uh, Kaprizov on point streaks. They're very impressive. I think they're going to get the job done. And then C's looking at the Minnesota Wild here, man. Or I'm sorry, the Capitals here. They are 7-2-1 and one in their last 10 games. They've been on a hot streak at home. I know Anthony's saying the back-to-back is just going to be too much. And I understand that because it is hard to meet the Minnesota Wild with tired legs. Good luck to you. Kaprizov will skate all around you. Would you take a stab on them here at plus 115, or is it just too risky? Yeah, I'm going caps here. I just think, you there know, yeah, especially after last night, they were down to the Islanders, came back, and Wild just don't seem to play that well against the Capitals. So I think, you know, with all those factors and that momentum, I think Capitals are hanging on to that wild card spot. I think they're fourth. Right now. Yep. But yeah, so I think Wilder three and seven in the last 10 against Washington. So I just think Alex Owen, those, you know, don't mean to be capping, but I think they get that win tonight for sure. He ain't capping, but he's taking them at plus 115. So good luck if you guys want to ride Caesar Jones there. I am in a major toss up here. I'm going to regret this and I can already feel it, but I'm taking the Minnesota wild here on the money line. And I, oh, I can't believe I'm doing it because I'm looking at the plus money. And I got to be honest, my gut told me when I looked at this game, take the Washington Capitals and the plus money at home because I faded them last time at home as dogs and they burned me. So Caesar, I feel what you're saying, but I have to fade you here simply because I don't like taking a team on a back-to-back. It just does not suit me well. But anyway, good luck in the NHL, everybody. Jumping over to some NBA before we get to our NBA top play of the day. We are looking at the NBA game of the day. This is going to be a fun one. The Philadelphia 76ers on the road. Dogs plus one and a half, plus 100 on the money line. LA Clippers minus one and a half, minus 120. Caesar, I know we were talking a little bit off camera. This line is fishy, man. Which side are you going to go with on the money line? Yeah, it's definitely fishy. It's pretty close. And you know, we're discussing like why is it like that. But I guess maybe, you know, everyone's healthy on the Clippers tonight. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about Paul George or, you know, anything being out. But for me personally, I got to go with the Sixers. I think Harden and Embiid are finally clicking and think Harden is finally getting that pep in his step back. He looks healthier and 
when he plays like that, not too many people can guard him, and he's becoming, you know, one of the best passers in the game. So I got to go Sixers here. Going with the Sixers at the plus 100. Anthony looking at Embiid, as Caesar mentioned, he looks really good right now. He dropped 35 points and had 11 rebounds in his last game out. Do you think he has a performance that pretty much repeats that one? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we've been trying to figure out what's been going on with this spread. But, man, I just, you just have to lay it on the Sixers. And Bede has been playing very well recently. I don't think that Zubak is going to be much of a competition for him defensively yeah. for the Clippers. And if this team wins, Embiid is going off. That's the chemistry of this team. That's what they did last season, and they're starting to get back to this point this season. This team's been hot. They've won four of their last five, uh, and they also dominate the Clippers. I love the Sixers on this play. We might be wrong, everybody, but we are all on the 76ers of the plus money tonight. It's too good not to take it. We have to take our chances here. If the Clips go and get this thing done, I guess then we can all eat our own words. But right now, we're feeling pretty good about that plus money, so jump on it with us if you want to ride Philadelphia 76ers on the road. And then jumping over to our NBA top play of the day, you know we had to bring you a Nuggets play, guys. Jump over to denversportsbetting.com. Check out our man Bryson Owens' article, Nuggets. Looking at this one, we like them here to get this thing done. But forget the total. Forget the money line. That's not good enough odds for us. Anthony, we're bringing them plus money. What do we got? Hey, shout out to our guy Bryson. We're going to ride with his pick. Pick the Joker. Nikola Jokic should get a triple-double tonight. This is a great value, plus 150. He's almost averaging a triple-double on the season. You might as well get some plus value out of this one. Absolutely, guys. Good luck to you, Joker. Plus 150 to get that triple-double. Give Anthony a follow at AnthonyHurst23. Caesar Jones at CSJones underscore 01. Caesar, it was good to see you, man. We're glad to have you back on the yes, show. Sir. We'll be back on the show a little bit later this week. You guys, thanks for tapping in. Once again, this is the Denver Sports Betting Show on 98.1, Monday through Friday from 3 to 4 p.m. Good luck on those bets. Stay safe, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.